0: If you're using language like people are our most important asset or we treat employees like family, um, definitely it's time to not use that language anymore. I mean, you really want your story to be unique and specific and, and real and something that only your, your brand or your company can talk about.
1: Welcome back to the Talent Experience Show. I'm your host, Tom Tates, and I will be joined by my co-host, Devin Foster. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the team at Phenom. Learn more about our talent experience management software and how we are committed to helping a billion people find the right job at Phenom.com. In this episode, this is going to be an awesome episode. In this one, we dive deep into talent marketing. As a marketer, this topic excites me very much. Talent marketing, what does that even mean? What does this role or capacity look like? And to help us explore this, we've got a special guest. We have Dobby Gibson, who is going to dig into five ways that you can approach your craft like a marketer, regardless of your current title, regardless of your responsibilities. You're going to learn a ton. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Talent Experience Show. I am super excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics uh, marketing. Uh, I am a marketer by trade, so this gets me uh, excited to get up in the morning and do my work. Uh, And we're going to be hearing from Dobby Gibson. Uh, He's going to join us from Lando Lakes. Dobby is the Digital Communications Manager. But as we will quickly learn, uh, he wears many different hats uh, and covers many different roles at Lando Lakes. Dobby, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Tom. Great to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. You know, we kind of had a pre-call. We dug into this topic a little bit, uh, but we'll be going deeper, of course. Uh, But before we begin, um, I was doing some quick Googling. Uh, I wanted to hit your LinkedIn page so I made I could make sure that I got your title right, Digital Communications Manager. Uh, and I found this other Dobby Gibson uh, on the internet, uh, who is a published poet, uh, you know, has his, has his uh, BA in English literature, his MFA uh, in creative writing. And I was really curious before we got this conversation started, did I land on a different Dobby Gibson? Are there two Dobby Gibsons out there? Uh, or is this you as well?
0: I think it's the same guy. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You know, that's a really uh, interesting question. No, it is me. Um, yeah, I write uh, I write and publish poetry when I'm not uh, working and practicing talent marketing. And there's actually kind of a, a long tradition of American poets who hold other jobs. Like William Carlos Williams is a famous American poet. He was a doctor. And Wallace Stevens uh, worked in insurance. And Yeah. So here I am.
1: Yeah, I, I have a, a cousin, uh, my wife's cousin. Is, she teaches poetry. Um, I think she's at Princeton right now. And uh, she has told us many times that poetry alone won't pay the bills. Uh, so I can certainly appreciate um, appreciate that. Um, and I, I'm kind of curious, and maybe this will come up throughout our conversation, if there are any parallels uh, between uh, creative writing uh, and some of the work that you do uh, on the talent marketing side.
0: Yeah, I get asked that sometimes. I think there are, it's like hard to know exactly how and where they overlap, but poetry really is ultimately about paying attention to the world. And I think maybe as we have the conversation today about, about marketing, there's, you know, good marketing starts with kind of paying attention to the world too. So maybe there is some kind of overlap.
1: Yeah, and as much as I'd love to uh, talk about poetry and creative writing for this whole podcast, you know that's certainly not why people are tuning in today. So let's talk a little bit about uh, employer branding, you know, which is something you're very focused in now. Um, as digital communications manager at Land O'Lakes, uh, can you quickly describe like what your what your current role looks like? You know, what your day to day looks like, and some of the uh, things that you kind of have your
0: hands in. Yeah, so my job is really to help um, connect. Candidates to Lando Lakes and and help create um, really the best candidate experience that we can uh, for our our candidates and people who are interested in joining Lando Lakes um, and helping us build talent pipelines um, based around our ongoing talent needs.
1: And for those who don't know um, who Lando Lakes is, I mean, obviously, very prominent brand uh, here in the United States. But for those tuning in who may have never heard of Land O'Lakes, do you want to quickly give like a 30-second pitch of uh, who you are, what you do? Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if, if you do know us, you probably know us for our butter or our dairy products. And we're obviously super proud of those. And, and by the way, they're selling incredibly well right now. Um, given the current state of things, people are home cooking. But that's actually like a, a relatively smaller part of our overall business. We're a $14 billion Fortune 250 company, we have about 8,000 employees in 50 or so countries around the world. So we have the dairy foods business that that people may be familiar with. We also own Purina. So we have an animal nutrition business. So Nestle Purina owns the dog dog and cats part of, of the Purina brand. And we kind of own everything else from backyard chickens up to horses and, and cattle. We have a crop inputs business, so the seeds that farmers plant. Um, And then we have a sustainability um, business that involves a lot of ag tech and helping farmers. A farmer can use his or her iPad to figure out exactly what to plant and produce on their acre based on really specific geographical data points and make sure that they're hitting their sustainability thresholds and optimizing their, their yield. So that's kind of it in a nutshell.
2: It's a, it's a robust catalog, Toby. That's <laughs> that's quite a bit. I didn't know about the uh, the iPad pinpointing where where crops go, but that's that's awesome technology.
0: It is, and um, I didn't know until I joined Land O'Lakes how much technology goes into modern farming. So um, it's pretty cool, and we have people doing really cool things, especially here in our headquarters, kind of developing the future state of what this is all going to look like in the next five to 10 years.
2: It, technology, I think, is, has changed all of our daily lives, no matter what we do, and specifically in HR and, and recruiting, right? Yep. Um, gone are the days where people walk into a, a place of business and fill out a handwritten uh, resume and you know wait for a call back, then go in for an interview. Everything's really turned digital, and I think that's helped with this idea, and you mentioned it earlier about talent marketing, right? How do you, you market as a recruiter or as an HR professional? Um, so I think for the people listening, um, just a a quick black and white answer, what is a talent marketer and do you require a background in poetry to do it?
0: (laughs) Um, no, that, that is, uh, optional, but nice to have, (laughs) uh, the more that we can be surrounded by poets in our everyday life, the better. Um, I guess I'd go back to, I've never actually thought about defining talent marketing as a discipline. And by the way, it's, it's super new to me. Um, but I would kind of come back to that idea of like connecting candidates and employers, um, in some sort of way. I mean, I think that that's ultimately what I come to work and do every day.
2: Um, you know, everyone listening in, and I have a a background in, in recruiting and I oftentimes described recruiting as a, a level of sales. Right, like where you're you're selling your organization, you're you're kind of selling the position. Um, but what a lot of people don't think about is the marketing aspects that go into sales. Right, it's all about how you present yourself as an organization um, to either sell a product or to sell a position. So it's a uh, it's a good way to look at it.
0: Yeah, and you know, based on the ambitions of of Land Lakes, whether you're talking about technology, you know, product development, or diversity and in- inclusion goals. Like we have really um, acute and um, exciting talent needs and technology is so critical to helping us build the talent pipelines that are going to put the business in a position to, to do what it wants to do. So I do think it's a really important role and I, I take it seriously. And I'm really kind of excited about where technology is, is allowing us to go with this kind of burgeoning practice.
1: Yeah, I definitely I see this need for organizations to really tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um and as that story changes and evolves, you know, to to continuously tell that story. It's not just the history of your company, you know, it's it's what's happening right now. And a lot of people that we've talked to even on this podcast, you know, have been talking about this idea that your 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 brand, your consumer brand and your employer brand, they're starting to to merge, uh, where it's, it's not these two separate things, you know, the brand is the brand, uh, and it's starting to come to light that, uh, the way that we're all digitally connected, uh, the way that we experience buying and experience interacting with certain brands, like it's all just coming together. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, uh, Dobby, that, that we talked about on our, our pre-call, um, you were at I'm Phenom, uh, our conference, and one of the things you mentioned was, you know, you were looking for other people like you, um, and and I think that we're going to continue to see this role take take prominence, right? Because there's there's an element of storytelling that requires a certain type of specialty and a certain type of role, um, and maybe that does tie into to your poetry background and the way that you observe the world. Um, but do you, do you agree? Do you think that this role is going to continue to, um, kind of have a light sh- shined on it, uh, in the coming?
0: Months, years. I do, and by the way, if anyone's listening t- to this who hasn't connected connected with me, reach out on LinkedIn because I'm I'm really interested in kind of building a community of people who are who are doing this. But yeah, I think it is important. I mean, we want to at Land Lakes. We want to have. We don't want to just have anyone apply to our jobs or come in the doors. We want to have the right candidate and people who are passionate about our mission and our purpose. And and talent marketing really sets that up um, and sets employees up for success as well as the hiring manager by by getting the the right people and getting our story out there and attracting people who are excited about that story
1: so today and, and this is a perfect segue into you know the first of five ways that we're going to explore how recruiters can think uh, and start to adopt some of these mindset shifts uh, and start to think like talent marketers and really improve their craft so if you're a recruiter um, who's drawn to this idea of storytelling. Um, if you're an uh, HR manager who's thinking there's a gap on your team and you need to hire for someone who can specialize in this, this is going to be a super valuable episode. Uh, so we're going to dig into these five separate ways. Um, number one, perfect segue is, is get your story straight, right? Get your story straight uh, so that you can tell it. So why do you think that this is especially important?
0: Well, I think that gets back to what I was talking about before, which is, I mean, first of all, you have to know what you stand for and what you believe in as as sure. a brand, and and most most do at this point. But then you want to communicate that um, in a way that is related to how you're you're talking about it to consumers, but it's really more customized for for the candidate. Um, so, what are they going to be able to do, and and kind of who are they going to be able to become when they join this organization? And you're going to want to it's the most important thing you can do if you're not kind of ready for some of the technology that goes behind talent marketing. If you're, if you're not ready to kind of do a total makeover of your career site, whatever, you got to start with getting your story straight because that once you get that, um, nailed down, that informs literally everything else you're going to do as a talent marketer.
1: I was just gonna say like a core element of that story, right? Is your, is your EVP. Um, and that, and that's definitely a, 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 term that we hear, Kind of uh, bounced around a lot. Uh, so EVP, you know, how do you define that? And if you don't have it, if you need to find it, find that core. Um, what's the process of of creating one? Uh, if if you're either new to an organization or you've been with an organization for a long time, uh, how do you get to that?
0: That's a super good question. So EVP stands for Employer Value Proposition, and it's you know this is kind of a hot term in in. HR and the HR world. I'm not a big fan of that term. I think it's, um, it sounds kind of academic and not super friendly. So I just generally talk about em- employer brand or employer story or st- something that's a little more intuitive, but, um, you know, I can talk about how we got to ours at Land O'Lakes and, and that started with talking to our own people. So we used surveys and, and and some smaller focus groups and just talked about, well, why are you here? And, and what do you love about being part of Land O'Lakes? And, um, we took those insights. We worked with our, our corporate marketing folks and our, our communications, um, partners and, and wound up creating our own, um, employer brand platform. And, um, yeah, I mean once you you really have to get that down like literally on on paper or on, you know on screen so that you can all align around, you know, what you're trying to communicate.
1: So you said, you know, get that on paper, get that on screen, uh and you also mentioned your platform. What does that that kind of artifact look like? Like is it is it like a mega doc, you know, that you can you can uh memorialize and share with the rest of the organization?
0: Yes. Um, okay. I think like keeping it manageable, I mean, there was a point where we realized this could be a, and, and we've actually seen some examples of like 50 page, you know, uh, PDFs with really complicated brand guidelines. And, you know, we, we decided to keep ours quite simple. It's just two pages. It has our main pillars and then it has the supporting proof points. And we wanted it to be something that anybody could pick up and use if you're an HRBP out in the field, if you're a hiring manager somewhere, we just want everybody to be able to quickly digest this information and, and use it. Cause if it's not usable, then, then it's, it's just kind of cumbersome. Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: I think you just touched on one of these, but are there any uh, pitfalls or anything things to avoid, you know, that could really deter this from being adopted from the rest of the organization?
0: Well, um, I, <laughs> I would have, if you're using language like people are our most important asset or we sure. treat yeah. employees like family, um, definitely it's time to not use that language anymore. I mean, you really want your story to be unique and specific and, and real and something that only your, your brand or your company can talk about. So I think that's maybe the biggest pitfall is, and that takes work and, and you know, and I think in our case that was the benefit of working with our you know director of, of the corporate brand and our communications team. You know, people who are really good writers and critical thinkers and good at working with language—they really helped us hone our story into something that that is unique to Land Lakes.
1: So I I follow a marketer uh, Donald Miller. I don't know if you're familiar with Donald Miller at all. He he wrote a book called. Uh, building a story brand uh, and he basically takes the hero's journey uh, archetype right so the the same thing that we're familiar with with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings um, that same model uh, and one of the things that he really likes to emphasize is that uh, with your brand's story you're you're you are never the hero right that's not the role that you want to to play you're you're Yoda you know you're you're Gandalf the gray, like you're the guide. Um, and the hero of your story is, is always supposed to be the customer. Um, so in the, in your role, right. As, as a, as a talent marketer, um, is that something that you consider when kind of building out your content and building out your, your story? Like who, who's the hero? Uh, and then from your end, like what role do you play?
0: Totally. And, um, actually when I was at, I am phenom, Earlier this year, um, there was a great session on this that was covering this same idea of, you know, your employer brand has to be a hero's story that puts the candidate in the, in the shoes of the hero. And that really actually wound up informing Land O'Lakes employer brand. And if you go to our career site, if you just Google Land O'Lakes careers, the first seven words at the top of our career site are find a career that feeds the world. So that's really you know, the first thing we want to communicate to people is like, you're going to, you're going to be that hero. And if you're interested in that, and if that excites you, then great. We hope you, you search on and and find something you want to apply to. And if that's not what excites you, then that's okay too. So Dobby, any good hero Right has has
2: a journey right where they they lead up to to slaying the dragon in Lord of the Rings or or getting the ring. Um, so that, that brings us to to number two, which is mapping out your candidate journey. And I think this is something that a lot of marketers do, where they create customer personas um, and maps for each of those respective personas. Do you have anything like this in place at Land Lakes? And if so, it sounds like a tall task. How did you get started? with that
0: so we're right in the middle of this right now actually and um, yeah we have so much technology at our disposal now whether it's SMS email you know the career site itself um, our, our recruiters and the human aspect to it we want to make sure that um, you know now that we know what our story is that we're de- we're delivering kind of the right piece of content to the candidate at the right time in their journey when they really want to receive it so we've we have a handful of talent segments, and and um, we're in the process of mapping out what each of those candidate types wants and kind of where they are and what what are the key questions they're asking at each stage from, I think I want to change jobs, all the way to, I want, I'm considering this offer from Land Lakes, And then we're figuring out what type of content and, and what channel we should use to serve it up Um so that they have like a really, we want ultimately, we just want candidates to have a really great experience with us. Even if they move on, uh, we just want it to feel really natural and, and human. And, and e- we want to be a, an employer brand that's easy to interact with.
2: 100%. I, I understand that. And with all of this technology at your disposal, how do you go about kind of figuring out what technology to use when to use SMS or when to send out an email campaign, when to pick up the phone? Cause as I mentioned before, no one's walking into your, your place of work, especially now during COVID to fill out an application. Right. Um, so that kind of, how do you, you figure that out? Is it a trial period or, uh, do you formulate a plan beforehand and then review how it works?
0: Yeah. So that's a really good question. So, um, you know my my boss at Land of Lakes, Ann Taylor, who's the director of talent acquisition. She she always says, you know, sometimes the technology actually leads what you want to do, and then some other times you might know ahead of time what you you want to do. And so in this case, there are times when you know a new technology comes out, and we just we just test it. We'll just kind of prototype it and test it with some candidates in a segment and just kind of figure out like, do we get a good reaction? Is this making people happy? And then, you know, if so we can, we can move with it. And, and if not, then, then that's it. So if I'm
2: understanding this correctly, the output at the end of these, these test trials is not, did we hire the the candidate, right? Because there's so much that goes into all of this. It's really breaking down that, that segment and that data point to see if, it had a positive outcome on their journey if they reacted positively to it. Not the end
0: all be all. Is absolutely, that right? that's absolutely true. Yeah, I mean that, and that's so important. And and we we you know we have, we get net promoter scores on our career site, so you know that's just one of many data points that we're looking at to make sure that we're we're making candidates happy and that they're um, they're finding the experience of exploring a career at Land O'Lakes enjoyable and that our career site is useful because it might take, you know, you, you don't necessarily like land on a career site and apply for a job three minutes later. You might bookmark it and come back eight months later. You know, everyone's journey is different and and everyone's moving at different speeds. So we just want to kind of be there for people and with the right kind of experience when they need it.
2: I think that's so important because everyone wants to look at end results all the time. Um, the analogy that I always like to use is, is sports, right? Wins and losses at the end of the year. That's what everyone wants to see. But as we see sports kind of make this shift towards analytics, I think so many other things are, right? And, and the success of certain technology and the success of um, you know SMS or email campaigns uh, certainly applies to this. Now, the other great thing about sports is it's constantly changing, right They're constantly reviewing what is working well and what isn't. How often would you recommend talent marketers and hR professionals look at their strategies, review them and and make
0: changes? I mean for sure, once a year um, you know being new to this role i'm not i haven't figured out exactly what that cadence is, but I know like. I can speak really specifically about kind of where we're at as, as an organization and our talent marketing journey. this you know we're about to go into budgeting season last year um it, it was a, there was a lot more guesswork going on we we thought certain job boards did well for us we we thought we knew where our candidates were coming from now this year with a lot of the the technology we've put in place and the analytics. I can tell you exactly by channel, um, you know, what are, who's sending us the most job seekers and, you know, cost per lead cost per applicant. I I have all those metrics. And so we're having a much more informed decision about, about, you know, what we're going to invest in going into next year, whether you're talking about paid media, search media, job boards, so, and so forth. So that's super exciting. It's super, um, rewarding to to get to that kind of level of um predictability
2: and
1: I, i i was just gonna jump in i love that you said that we've been exploring that a bit thematically so we've heard nothing since march we've heard nothing but you know uncertainty 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 yeah um with with everything right you know the the pandemic has brought on um economic uncertainty um, certainly health uncertainty and uh, it's it's kind of paralyzed a lot of businesses um, and individuals you know because it's a challenging thing to be faced with um, kind of staring into the unknown right and I think what what I'm finding in conversations uh, with with practitioners uh, like yourself dobby is that uh, in in this age of uncertainty like leveraging HR tech to to help give us certainty where we can find it um, really helps us kind of pave the, fa- the path forward. Um, it's a really interesting uh, dynamic that I don't think I've noticed or articulated well. Um, and, and I haven't heard other people articulate it that well until uh, we've entered into this age of almost everything is, is uh, questionable, you know, like in terms of how we're going to move forward.
0: I think that's right and look I mean nobody's budgets are getting bigger or much bigger in this environment right. so you got to make sure that every dollar you're spending in talent marketing is is doing the most work that it can for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um Devin, I cut you off. Did you want to add anything there?
0: Yeah,
2: just one one thing when we're we're talking about this, what role does does content play? And the reason for that question is Tom and I have conversations all the time when we're building out collateral and we see people in the office that aren't six feet apart or aren't making or are wearing masks. And it makes us cringe. Um, so when it comes to content, how often should you potentially refresh that uh, to reflect
0: whatever is going on in the world and and not have anything outdated? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, just to back up a half step, you know, when we're talking about this idea of mapping your candidate journey, I mean, this is another um effort where you you do emerge with an like an artifact to use that word like you're going to have a one page map literally a map with with the different um candidate stages um their questions and then the particular content topics you need to develop at each of those stages and and you know land of lakes we're going to have one of those maps for each of our major talent segments so then you can now we're going to take that and build out our our Content kind of arsenal going forward. And a lot of that content is going to be evergreen because you get the same questions um, from candidates. And it's great to use technology to take care of that and kind of free up recruiters to do um, other things with their time. We can automate a lot of that content delivery. But then, Devin, to your point, like whether it's COVID, whether it's, you know, changes in, your industry or just you know fun you know pop culture whatever like it's definitely good to have a layer of content on top of that that's that's new and it's and is super timely and to kind of have a nice balance
1: i think that's a really good uh transition into our next point which is really make sure that you're approaching your career site with a marketer's lens right so if we're thinking about the candidate Journey and these different segments. People are going to be at a different place in their journey um, as they're interacting with you and your brand. Uh, one of the main kind of windows into your brand is going to be that career site. Uh, so, whether you're a first time visitor or you're already an applicant, uh, you're going to have to continuously be touching base with that career site to get what you need to progress forward. Um, so, I think that it's an incredibly important asset. You could probably argue it's the most important asset that uh, a, a talent marketer has at their disposal, at their disposal. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, in your role, Dobby, what what has been kind of the main role or purpose of the career site uh, from a marketer's perspective?
0: Yeah, I think everything you said is totally true. The big eye-opening thing for me was stepping, you know, I've been in this role a year. I came from a creative agency background. I didn't even know, quite honestly, that talent marketing was a thing <laughs> before I took this role, Came into Land O'Lakes, started talking about it, got got really excited about their vision. But when I first started, um, I think I made the mistake a lot of people do, which is I thought about the career homepage first. And I thought about jobs as kind of a child to that parent, which they sort of are. But really, when you look at it through the lens of the candidate experience, their first you know, introduction to your employer brand is is more often than not an individual jobs page, and so I think like one tip here is um, think kind of inside out and think about it, you know what what kind of work is are your jobs pages doing, and if it's just the job description, you're really missing an opportunity there to tell your employer brand and start to get that kind of hero's journey content and messaging out there because um, that's really a key conversion point and that's a place where you can capture leads and and get people engaged with your brand for kind of a longer term conversation um and then you know once you kind of have and we're we're still in the process of getting that figured out and getting our our jobs pages segmented by our different talent segments um then, you know, it's really a matter of, yeah, getting that career site built out and making you, that's where that, that your, your quote unquote EVP or your employer brand comes in handy because you've, you've really already done the copywriting. So you can r- pick up a lot of that same language and use it to populate your site.
1: I, I've always likened uh, your website, whether you're, you're a consumer brand or whether we're talking about the career site, uh, almost to a theme park. Uh, so if you think about Disney, or if you think about um, Universal Studios, for example, like I think Disney is probably the better example. You can you can enter in through different points. Like most of those parks have different entrances that you can get into. Yeah. Um. So it's it's not everyone's coming in through the same point, but if you explore like the Magic Kingdom, um, you won't find a single nook or cranny that doesn't feel like Disney. You know, like like, and I think that if you're career site or your website kind of has these neglected pages, you know, that you haven't touched in four or five years, maybe all of a sudden the CSS style sheets change and it looks like it's 1997 all over again. Um, You're you're creating this disjointed experience, you know, and I think that once people enter your site, they're free to wander around any way that they want. They want, you know, you, you, we can orchestrate the path that we want them to take, right? But ultimately, they're going to stumble upon whatever they stumble upon. Um, and I think that it's really important that uh, we're mindful of that, you know, and that we don't have these neglected nooks and crannies. Um, and I think that your approach of, you know, making sure that if people land on the job description page or the job page, um, it still feels very strong, uh, you know, with with Lando Lakes's brand. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious you know, what, what are some tactics or what are some ways, uh, that you have been injecting that, that brand story into some of the, uh, lesser visited, not lesser visited pages, but, you know, outside of the homepage,
0: um, videos big, like whenever we can, um, add a video to a job, job descriptions page, which we're on our way to doing that or, um, on any supporting page, whether it's our culture or, or whatever, that's, you know, such an ideal, storytelling mechanism. Um, You know, to Devin's earlier point, I think like looking for ways to put more timely content um, onto those pages. So, you know, we're we're getting a lot of obvious questions from job seekers about COVID and, and safety and what's the interview process like and you know, getting some of that information, which is, you know, much more just kind of nuts and bolts, but getting that up front and getting p- people's questions answered right away, that's another thing. I'm always trying to stay connected with what our corporate communications team is doing. So they're, they're off on storytelling missions that are just so, you know, exciting. And they've got really their fingers on the pulse of like what the latest and greatest and newest things that are happening at Atlanta Lakes are. So anytime I can I can grab those stories and kind of pull those into the career site, that's that's exciting.
1: And to speak to our you know conversation earlier around getting a better grasp of what's working and what's not working, uh, how how tied into the analytics are you? You know how often are you? paying attention to conversion rates and paying attention to traffic and traffic sources um, as a marketer, these are the things that I look at, you know, on our, on our consumer side of things, you know, so I'm curious how you approach uh, conversion rates and different metrics uh, on your side.
0: Yeah. So we pull our metrics monthly and share them out with our entire talent acquisition team. Um, I'm looking at them almost every day. Um, sure. Just cause I'm just so interested in, in what's going on and and what is driving traffic and, Especially, you know, we're at a point now where we're getting landing pages built for specific segments to support campaigns. So I want to really keep my eye on those. And it's exciting to see how look, paid media or earned media can just radically change the performance of a p- part of the site just overnight. So um, and, th- and this is all new to us. Like we didn't have this kind of visibility a year ago. Sure
1: you mentioned creating landing pages, you know, obviously it's dangerous to go alone, you know, and try to do it all yourself. Uh, and many of us, uh, marketers are, uh, typically we're, we're more on the writing side of things, less on the design and creative side of things. So do you have to, uh, do you find yourself collaborating a ton with your creative teams, uh, with other departments to make sure that everything is, uh, cohesively on brand?
0: Yes. Um, I do do that often. Um, you know the the comms team and and we we're lucky to have a really amazing in-house designer. Um, we have a director of um, you know video production who's someone I talk to as as often as I can. so finding those assets that are being created for other purposes or their own kind of initiatives and then just finding ways to 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 reuse those or or to even shape their projects like there's a video project going on now where where we connected and figured out a way that. We could scope that project to, to serve its initial um, reason for, for being and also for talent marketing.
2: So that's the, the perfect segue to our first, fourth point, which is collaborating with cross-functional teams. Yep. Dobby, you mentioned um, pulling the latest and greatest from other Land O'Lakes resources. And the first thing that I want to say is I absolutely love the Spread the Love campaign atlanta lakes did um, the advertisements are just beautiful they're plain they're simple how often do you collaborate with those teams um, when it comes to you know promoting the career site when it comes to the design of that because i know content management it can get a little bit messy um, so do you lean on them often for those sort of resources
0: yeah i do and um this really The way that they set up my role, um, it was very smart. I think because I I officially sit within HR and and report into the talent acquisition team, but I have a dotted line into our comms team. So I'm in their weekly meeting every week. I'm pulled into their their strategic planning sessions for the year and their just weekly kind of content roundup. So I I know what stories are being told and what assets are being built, and that was, I can't take credit for that. That was, um, the people who, who designed the role and Taylor and and the other folks within Land Lakes. So that, that really just set me up for success because, um, that just kind of baked the collaboration into the role. And I think, you know, for other, when I've talked to other people who, who are talent marketers at especially bigger organizations, you know, we're often a team of one (laughs) or, or a team of just a few. And, um, you need those other muscles and, and a lot of times those other parts of the organization control social media channels. They have agency relationships you can benefit from. So it just, it's super wise to just reach out, um, across the org and, and get kind of more connected. I think.
2: No, That's, that's awesome. I think collaboration is something that that isn't talked about enough, right? Um, Tom, you mentioned, uh, you know, creating a, a landing page is, is kind of a black hole that you can get yourself caught in. Uh, and the only way to get out, I like to think of the the movie analogy of quicksand, which turns out is a huge lie. I thought I would run into quicksand every single day of my life. I've still yet to see it anywhere. But I yeah. know the way to get out of quicksand is somebody has to help you and and pull you out. And I think when it comes to collaborating, and the, the benefits that can come of that, there's oftentimes a lot of surprises. Um, so are there any key surprises that you found from working with, with those other teams you mentioned?
0: Yeah. I mean, the magic of collaborating is, you know, I might think I have a great idea and someone else in another part of the organization might think they have a great idea, but if you kind of smash those two ideas together, like a third idea emerges, that's even better that no one could have come up with on their own. So that's the other part of it is is that it just doesn't you don't get as good of a result just kind of going heads down on things you're always better off bouncing things off of people and and being surprised by other people's thinking
1: that's the one thing that i i've been struggling to really emulate in in quarantine you know in lockdown working remotely, yeah. right like yeah. like there there is there is uh there's some magic to just you know getting some really creative and thoughtful people in a room identifying the problem you need to solve and then just giving it the space to, to do it collaboratively. And, and we've been, we've had some successes here at Phenom on our marketing team, you know, but it's, it's been an ongoing challenge, you know, to really make sure we can do that, especially cross-functionally too.
0: I, yeah, I agree. It's not the same and um, haven't totally figured it out, but you just got to keep, you got to keep getting on those zoom calls and, yep. and, and pushing yourself so, selves to work together.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And uh, you know there's some fun in that challenge too. Um, the final thing, right? The final thing that we'll dive into is number five, leveraging uh, MarTech or marketing technology. Um, this is actually an area where um, I, I, I loathe myself being a marketer because one of the things that really frustrates me with marketers, uh, my, myself specifically, is uh, we love acronyms, right? So we love uh, <laughs> right. SEO, SEM, uh, CPA, CRM, there's, there's probably, you know, 50 or 60 marketing acronyms that just slip into our daily vernacular. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to open up with the first question, which has one, uh, which is, uh, what, what have you been doing specifically with, with a CRM? Uh, and we can define what that is, you know, for, for the people who are listening.
0: Yeah. So we have a a CRM, (laughs) another, another one (laughs) of those, uh, those kind of like, almost academic sounding words um, that sure. sits underneath our career site. And, and basically what it is, is, a, you know, a big database. And so any candidate who comes to our career site, who interacts with us, whether it's, you know, applying for a job, signing up for a job alert, half applying for a job. Um, you know, once we have their contact information and we know something about their <clears throat> their intentions, then we can start a conversation with them. And the CRM has email marketing, text marketing, you know, built into it, and so that allows us to start that conversation with with um, with our job seekers.
1: So, I and full disclosure, I mean, we're talking about Phenom CRM here. Uh, so, Phenom uh, it has really been built and optimized to kind of empower uh, talent marketers, recruiters, uh, talent managers with a lot of the tools that on the marketing side of the house we've been using for many years, you know, so this is ultimately newer technology. That's, that's kind of coming into uh, the recruiting and talent marketing space. Uh, We've definitely been using uh, all different types of tools uh, over the past couple of decades, right on the marketing side of things to manage these databases. Um, So for your specific role, your specific function, um, I, I know how we use this to convert prospects into customers um, what are some ways you're using the, the data, the analytics, the tools uh, to really convert those prospective candidates into actual candidates and then potentially employees?
0: Yeah. So we use Phenom, you know, anyone who who um, comes to our site and signs up is they're going to start getting um, emails that deliver open jobs to them on a on a regular basis that are suited to their particular interests. Um, we're also building lists and and using the content that we're developing from those candidate journey maps to um, start that kind of nurturing conversation over time. Because again, like a really great conversion might take many months, and so we you know we want to use content and content marketing to help help candidates along. And it might be con- you know sometimes it's con- content about land lake, sometimes it's content about that just makes them a stronger candidate. So we have a new um, article out there that's, you know, video interview tips. Um, you know, if we can make a candidate a stronger candidate anywhere, then we feel like we've we've served the candidate well.
1: Yeah, one of the cool things, too, is is you can see the history of of engagement for, for each candidate, right? So you can see the pages that they view. Um, you can kind of set up those alerts, too, if you really wanted to go deep and follow specific candidates and kind of see how they're coming back to the site. Um, So we talked a lot about kind of building that candidate journey map. um, And then you can actually see a lot of that play out um, by digging deeper into individual analytics, which I think is really awesome.
0: Well, I was just going to say like one thing we've learned really quickly is that the more um, defined we have our audiences for particular email campaigns or text campaigns, the far better they perform. So we just, For example, we had a campaign go out a couple of weeks ago to former interns, so we just want to keep them engaged with Land Lakes, let them know what's going on, let them know about open jobs that might be relevant to them. When we set up a list like that and a little universe like that, we get huge open rates and engagement because it's really super relevant and targeted to them compared to when we just have tried blasting out emails just more generally to candidates. So that's just kind of one pro tip I can... Or a tip from experience I can offer to to folks out there.
1: Yeah, another another awful uh, marketing saying is uh, "spray and pray," right? Like yeah. we want to avoid spraying and praying, um, which is that idea of of uh, blasting emails. Um, uh, I mentioned this actually yesterday in a session with Devin. Uh, my background is in email marketing. I, I worked for an email service provider for about six years, um, and we were not allowed to say email blast. It was a word that we weren't, as an organization, we weren't allowed to say that because I like that, that was not our. It wasn't our philosophy, you know. Like the write emails uh, and write campaigns, like you're writing to one individual person, um, not the full the full mass, you know. Because ultimately, when you do that, you're going to be spraying and praying.
0: Yeah, um, you're definitely not focused on candidate experience if you're using the word right email blast
1: Bl- blast. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that um, I love this idea of segmenting the interns. Are there any other interesting? segments that that you've played around with in terms of uh experimenting with campaigns
0: yeah we had um a recent campaign go out to vets so people who are either current service members or former service members that had a huge open rate um and another one is just event follow-up so anytime we have now they're virtual events but if we can get a a, um, an email or a text out to, to people right on Um, on the heels of a virtual event and give them kind of a next step or an additional piece of information maybe they didn't get on the event, those get huge opens.
1: So I've heard on a couple different webinars now, uh, people who attend ask questions. Uh, It sounds like people are struggling with what to write in their email campaigns, their SMS campaigns. They're struggling with the content. Uh, It sounds to me, uh, and I'd love your thoughts on this, Dobby, when you do create those segments, uh, the writing is really easy you know the content the actual content is actually much easier because you're you're able to really zone in on who that person is and what they need to hear from you at that given time
0: I think so and just imagine like what if you're struggling, maybe just think about well what what would you have put in the chat or what did you not get to put in the chat during that virtual meeting well that's your that's your message I mean it doesn't have to be be hard and the kind of the more kind of conversational and personal you make it the more engaged people are going to be so
1: this tech that we're talking about and as i mentioned we have so many different acronyms to to dive into when we're getting into it uh especially when we get into you know conversion rates and all those different things we like to tie acronyms to those metrics too um it can be overwhelming for some especially if you're new to, to it, uh, either, especially if you're new to the tech, but also new to HR, um, you know, you're, you're being, uh, kind of thrown into the fire there. So do you have any advice, you know, for anyone who, uh, maybe new to this, uh, or overwhelmed with that side of the thing, uh, side of things.
0: I mean, I think if our organization is any, any indicator, and I kind of get the sense that it is, um, there was a learning curve, um, of a few months where, um, the talent acquisition team like really kind of had to get their heads around um, what a CRM was, how they could use it. But once you get past that, you know, month three, month four mark, and and Phenom definitely made it great for Land O'Lakes with with training and really kind of personalized like white glove service, really. Once you turn that, once we turn that corner after month three or four, then it was so cool to just see how natural using the technology became for our recruiters, because they I'm not the only one using the technology, they're using it to reach out and, and talk to candidates and text candidates and so forth.
2: Dobby, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I've learned a tremendous amount. I hope Tom has as well. And I know that the listeners have. Uh, before we hand it over to you um, for some final thoughts, if you want to promote any poetry or anything like that, Just wanted to to quickly recap um, the five key points that we hit on. Um, Getting your story straight, mapping your candidate journey, approaching your career site with a marketer's lens, uh, collaborating with cross-functional teams, and leveraging MarTech, which although it sounds like it is not a bubble team in the NCAA tournament uh, (laughs) that just kind of barely skated in, Uh, that's marketing technology we're talking about. And Dobby, I'll hand it over to you for any final thoughts, any words of wisdom that you want to pass on to the listeners.
0: No, great conversation. Um, check out our Land O'Lakes career site if you want to kind of see what we're doing. Sign up for job alerts if you want to see things from the candidate's point of view. And if you're a talent marketer or someone who's interested in this in any way, definitely reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'd love to consi- uh, continue the conversation.
1: I'll make sure that we put the, uh, the actual link to the career site and your LinkedIn profile link in the show notes uh, so that it's super easy and accessible. Uh, I'm curious too, for our listeners who are kind of uh, across the nation, uh, do you have any remote jobs or is it mostly uh, in-house these days?
0: We have remote jobs, absolutely, all over the country. So um, yeah, check out. There's always a few hundred openings out there. So go, go check them out. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll
1: make sure to have those links in there. Uh, Awesome. Dobby, thank you. This has been great. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app of choice, and we will catch you on the next one.